This is October 18th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLMS Media. Welcome to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. And we are into another week of Bruins regular season hockey. And so far, they are 2-0. As I mentioned in uh, the episode with Connor, this was recorded prior to the Panthers game on Monday night. That's just the way it goes. That's just our schedule. There's nothing we can do. We'll cover uh, their bunch of games uh, this upcoming week unpoke the bear. So uh, we really kind of made our big takeaways from uh, from the first two games of the season, which there's actually a fair amount. Uh, and unfortunately, there's also two fairly sizable injuries. Shouldn't be too long, but two injuries to notable players that we discussed. And we kind of also discussed, you know, does this change our outlook on the Bruins? You know, do these two games shift how we view them? Um, so I don't want to leave you waiting any longer. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. And, uh, Bruins are doing pretty great. Now, again, I mentioned this in the intro for the audio version of this podcast, but this is being taped and recorded prior to Monday night's game against the Panthers. So we don't know what happened. Maybe it was really good. It was really bad. It's our first one of the season like this. You loyal listeners know this happens throughout the year and it's just something we got to live with. It's unfortunate, but we do have two good games to go off of. Uh, And they were two pretty good games. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good games. To go off of, and I know Saturday's game it was against the Coyotes, and everybody will say, "Hey, it's an AHL team." Um, but I still, it's a valid point. <laughs> it's a valid point. It's incredible that uh, they're still in Arizona because you look at that roster, and it's like, how are you even going to fill a five thousand seat arena with that roster? I mean, it is not good. <laughs> not not great, Evan. That that team is uh, on the ropes, as they say, <laughs> very much on the ropes. But they do have old friend Nick Ritchie. So I'll give them that uh, Nick Ritchie, two goals in the first game against the Penguins. So uh, almost, I think he almost had one against the Bruins. If memory serves, maybe he didn't, maybe I'm just imagining, just imagining things. I hoped, you know, that would have been very cool if he scored against the Bruins. One more chance that to happen this year, uh, if it's in Arizona, but uh, the takeaway that I've had from the first two games and you, my friend had a good tweet about it. Bruins have gotten quite a lot of scoring from a lot of places which is good, which is encouraging. And again, we say this every postseason. They need their secondary scores to actually step up. And it feels like, again, this isn't the postseason. It's actually just two games in the regular season. But it feels like that's starting to take place. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, as you said, just a small sample size. But if you ask me who was going to be the first Bruin on the roster to score more than one goal and it'd be A.J. Greer, I probably wouldn't believe you. But again, as you said, there's only so much stock you can put into a, a, a win over a team like Arizona, but when you have a game like that where you have guys like Greer scores twice, Coyle scores, um, Derek Forbert, you know, you have uh, Nick Felino gets on the board, which is good for his momentum. Just regardless of the opponent, to have so many guys further down the depth chart, get a little bit of that tangible production and maybe get the ball rolling, get some momentum. 
it's huge for this team going forward, especially in this kind of three and four stretch. So, uh, yeah, as you said, Evan, it's we talk about all the time. What's the biggest Achilles heel with this team? It's usually the secondary scoring. And of <laughs> course, yes, yeah, so, you know, there's other things that the Bruins have to sort out in terms of, uh, you know, tighten things up on the D zone injuries, which I'm sure we're going to talk about quite a bit in this podcast. Um, but when you look at just the response from a, a game like that, where it's going into a, a matchup against Arizona, you expect your your big guns to be doing a lot of the, the damage, right? Like a Pasternak hat trick or, or what have you to have a game like that, where it's really your third and fourth lines that, um, really kind of set the tone and led the way offensively. It's encouraging. I mean, you look at not only the fact that the coil line was great. Frederick responds really well from being the odd man out in the, the season opener. And I thought he had a really strong game. Greer, I think even if he's not a, a guy you're expecting to be a 20 goal scorer, just for him to put forward a performance like that and show that that preseason game against the Rangers wasn't just a aberration, you know, wasn't just a fluky thing. Like he has that finishing ability he has that ability to impact the game physically um encouraging there and yeah Felino for as much as I think people want him on the outside looking in in terms of just where he takes up a spot in the lineup give credit where it's due he was strong in that game it was kind of similar to that last preseason game against the Devils where he was engaged he was in the offensive zone he was making things happen um, we don't even talk about the fact that Lauko could have scored his first NHL goal and yes. they called it off with goal, you know, due to goaltender interference. So it, yeah, again, it, it loses some of its luster, I guess, when you go up against a team like Arizona, but just for the fact that so many guys can, you know, go back in the locker room, have their name, you know, uh, put on the, the score sheet and have that tangible production and build for that going forward. Uh, it helps in the long run. Cause you know what you're going to get generally from, the Bergerons, the Krejci's, the Pasternak, those guys to have these other guys step in and yeah, to have these other guys step in and contribute uh, on the score sheet. It can go a long way towards getting these guys rolling here as we get into uh, the season really starting to pick up already. And obviously like, as we, as we joke, like the Coyotes are the Coyotes, probably one of the three worst teams in hockey. Again, you should be scoring a lot on them, but to have a confidence building game like that so early in the season, I think that's important. I do. I think for a young kind of new look, Bottom six. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And he even mentioned Felino. Like he could have, he could have been the first Bruin to have two goals um, in a season. Cause on that Zaka goal that hit the post, yeah. he beat the goalie. Uh, and so like, again, like I look at a guy like that and go, okay, that's, that's big for his game. So, and then the AJ Greer thing's an interesting one. Cause we, we saw him at the preseason. We were kind of like, huh, could that be like the next Tanner Janot? Or like, you know, is this like your next, uh, you know, Blake Coleman or something like that? He has the physical build for it. Like the ingredients are there for him to kind of turn into that. And it feels like we're, I mean, again, he wasn't very effective against the Capitals. I think he had the lowest uh, time on ice mm-hmm. against Capitals. So again, Coyotes versus Capitals, you can, you can play that game. But again, I just look at it and say, it's encouraging. I'm not going to sit here and make some declarative statement like, oh, well now this, this proves they have the forward depth because like, it's kind of, I don't want to compare it, but it's like, you know, how Toronto can't win in the playoffs, but they win in their really? season all the time. It's yeah. crazy, right? Crazy. I look at the Bruins secondary scoring and say, I'll, I'll, I'll be fully believing in it when I see it in the postseason. Like that's when like we can sit here and talk about it all season and it's great, but actually score in the postseason. And again, you can't do that now because it isn't the postseason. It's two games into the regular season. So you can't do that yet. Can't do that quite yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, 
Yeah, I'm just looking at this list, like Zaka, Coyle, Felino, Forbert, Greer. I mean, Forbert obviously just shot from the point, but again, goals good stuff. Yes. The goal's a goal. And I'm interested to see, you know, this three and four stretch, you know, who steps up, who's leading the team in, in, in goals and points uh, after all that. And my guess is whoever is taking athletic greens is probably actually going to be leading the Bruins in points and goals. That's just my guess. That's my guess. There are an educated guess. An educated guess for good reason. I use it every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted better gut health and more energy. I don't drink coffee or use caffeine because I wanted healthier natural energy and AG1 is providing it in the robes. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy or anything either. It has a mild, wait for it, tropical taste, tropical taste that I actually look forward to each and every morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 70 Five. Yes, 75. Count them all. High quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting really, really good. This all supports uh, better sleep quality and mental clarity. I like seeing you just sitting in the palm trees. I find that it's tropical, man. Amazing. Uh, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. And that is all. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. You will literally be on top of the earth taking mm-hmm. this. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So the one bad thing from Saturday's game that uh, are bad for the Bruins, um, Brandon Carlo gets hit up high, head hits the glass, finishes the shift, goes down the, the tunnel, upper body injury. Um, they say he's in, you know, looks all right. But for a guy who has a history with concussions, this is not particularly good. No, it's not good. And again, as you said, they weren't going to outright say what it was beyond just the very, you know, broad uh, upper body injury. But put two and two together in terms of his history with concussions, the uh, the hit in question, kind of how we reacted. I think we can go off some assumptions here a little bit. Um, and again, for that, as much as Montgomery says, they don't think he'll be out long-term or he looks better. It's a, a slippery slope, right? When it comes to projecting a return, when it comes to something like concussions, especially someone who's had, I think this is his fifth, I want to say oh, now, fifth since 2017, if not more, I, I could be missing one. Um, and yeah, it, it's a, a brutal hit for him too. I mean, it's, kind of what we talked about with a guy like DeBrusque who goes down with an injury where a guy coming into the season with heightened expectations has a new coach is hoping to take a big step forward. And as much as people maybe are, you know, not maybe as high on Kylo as he was maybe a few years ago, he's still a guy that you need in that lineup healthy, kind of really stabilize that right side, especially here in the early going where you don't have Charlie McAvoy really kind of being that, that, you know, uh, franchise player on that right side. So having him up the line just, again, makes a, a devastating domino effect where, um, you know, we're, we're looking at a game now going into Monday night against the Panthers where it's, you have one right shot, I think, in the lineup in Clifton. You have, you know, Dan Renouf called up. You have 
uh, I think Riley's slotting over or um, it, it's very much a, a patchwork decor right now. And again, they have the, the talent and the personnel to kind of stay afloat. Um, we'll see how they do against a team like Florida that can uh, score quite a bit. This could be a bit of a shootout of a game uh, as we predicted. It's going to be like one, nothing now that I say that. Yeah. Now you've, cur- you've totally cursed it, but yeah, regardless of, you know, what you think of Kahlo and his, ceiling or, or where he fits into this team um, in terms of, you know, is he the same player he was a few years ago? Just having him out there to log those heavy minutes to, you know, contribute on the PK, um, just that stability of being able to pencil him in the lineup. It's really missed right now in terms of just having him out there when you already are missing guys like McAvoy and Grizzlick and what have you. So um, really tough break for him. Again, wasn't maybe the, the strongest start to the season for him. We're going off of four periods of hockey. So it's probably not even fair to declare that for him, but he's a guy that you hope was going to be someone that could take that next step forward, or at least get back to the player that we know he can be. I mean, we've talked about it before, Evan, that during that run to the 2019 cup final, I think Carlo and Krug were the, was the best deep pair they had. Oh yeah. Just did everything right. So um, you hope again, that what Montgomery said comes true, that it's not long-term, but still it just, when it's something like this, where it's a repeated injury and something of this severity, you just hope that it doesn't snowball and he doesn't miss extended amount of time. So he's a guy that one, you need out there. It needs to be healthy, but when you just factor in the other things with concussion, you just hope, you know, above all that he's just feeling good, feeling like himself. Oh, exactly. Like that's the biggest thing is, you know, five concussions. That's, that's horrible. And I think the other thing is like, you need him for the postseason. Like I know. I, and another thing is like, obviously, you know, we've talked in recent years about how he hasn't, I think ascended to the level that most have expected out of him. A lot of that has to do with concussion history and injury history. Like it's clearly kind of hampered him and, and more and more concussions like this uh, aren't going to help. Um, and and this, the sad reality with concussions is the more you're out there. And if you've had them, the more likely you are to, continue to get them. It's an unfortunate part of the deal. Um, and head injuries, it feels like aren't as big of a thing, or at least is talked about as they used to be um, kind of like at the early 2010s. I think that's partially because hockey isn't as physical as it maybe once was, but as you see, it doesn't need to be like getting laid out in open ice yeah. for that to be a concussion. He just, that was a normal hit. I mean, remember the David Backus hit um, on the, the guy from the senators. Remember this a few years ago? Yes. Who had to get taken out. I, I'm yeah. blanking on his name. Um, but that was another instance. Like it's it's an unfor- it's a horrible part of the game. Um, and again, you hope above all else that that Brandon Carlo is okay. Because um, again, you need him. You you really need him. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, you know, and, and again, this is an opportunity for Derek Forbert to continue to step forward. He's looked really good through two games. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's what it looks like on D up front. Though there is another injury with Jake DeBrusque. Uh, he is out uh, w- with an upper body injury from the game against uh, Washington. Didn't play, obviously, um, on Saturday night. I- I'm blanking on this. Is he in for uh, the Panthers game on Monday or no? He is not. No, he's going to be out for at least a couple more games. Uh, I believe he was asked on Sunday about like like a 10 timeline, days, right? And he said yeah. about 10 days. I don't know if that's 10 days from the injury. I don't know if that rules him out for maybe this whole three and four stretch. And he could be back on Saturday afternoon against the Wild. Um, or if it's maybe they just kind of cross off this whole week and maybe start anew, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be out long-term, which is good news because you can never tell when it's something like that, where it's either shoulder, hand, what have you, if it's something broken, if it's something that's uh, nagging or anything like that. But 
um, but will not be in play for at least, I imagine, this three and four set. And it's tough because, again, he's another one like Carlo, who, right. again, you want to start hot under the new head coach, you know, and Car- and Debrusque even more than Carlo. Debrusque had a trade request and, like, you know, rescinded it. Um, looked great at the end of last season. Now, you know, coming into this year, it's like, all right, like a new revitalized Jake Debrusque. And now you're hampered by this injury. And now you're really starting the season a week from now, a week and a half from now. And suddenly, you know, again, I, I, I don't expect Craig Smith to stick with uh, with Bergeron and uh, and Hall, even though, you know, probably like him to. Um, and I think it's Debrusque's spot. I think he's a long term solution now, or at least the, the guy they're looking at in the top six. But again, just unfortunate that he's missing this time that you could be using to kind of get acclimated. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, in the short term, having Craig Smith up there isn't a bad contingency plan. It's something where you hope maybe in the next two, three games, he pots a goal or gets some points and builds some of that momentum, as we talked about earlier. And by the time he gets back down to that third line, he's rolling a bit more because he's kind of known as being a bit of a streaky scorer. Um, but as you said, yeah, for DeBrusque, it's just a, a, a tough hit in terms of just having some of that momentum stalled. Because I thought even though I think he only had one goal in the preseason, I thought he was really active around the puck during preseason action, made a lot of smart, simple plays, you know, a couple of nice uh, saucer feeds that led to a couple of great A chances. Just his details seemed like they were really good. And even in the uh, sequence where he got hurt against Washington, he was really battling for the puck uh, down low, I think. And one thing led to another, I think it was Gustafson who maybe kind of gave him a little bit of a cross check and he hit the ice awkwardly, but was kind of doing the things he needed to do, whether it be, you know, fighting for those loose pucks, winning board battles, uh, hanging down low, all those things that he needs to do on that top line. So you just hope that this is a temporary setback. And by the time he's back out there, whether it be maybe this weekend or next week, that he kind of just continues that same game plan. Because if he sticks to that and he's going to be on the Bergeron line, the points and the goals are going to be there for him. Especially when Martian returns uh, in yes. November, which by the way, Martian was on the ice at practice with a regular jersey on uh, yes. Sunday, which is wild, uh, actually. Yes. Um, timeline's that- not timeline's not changing, but yes. No, timeline is not changing. We should note note that timeline is still you know post Thanksgiving, but uh, safe bet though that if Jake DeBrus kind of comes back and plays the way he was before, he's going to have some real success. We're talking really safe bets. Talking about good friends over at Bet Online. Football, as you know, is back. BetOnline is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football odds, news, and game matchups, including all of this year's matchups, including the Patriots, who you can look at now, because some people, they got the zappy fever. They've got the fever. It's just, you know, they can't help it. So make sure to go over to BetOnline uh, and utilize that zappy fever. BetOnline is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including the NHL, the NBA, which is coming up soon, the MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game stats. Stats. Where the game stats. So I want to end this episode on this. Uh, I know it's two games. We don't really know what's going on with the Panthers game on Monday night, because again, recording beforehand, has your outlook on this team changed at all? I know we both have them in the cup, so it's different, but has it changed? Is there anything that stuck out to you through two games that you say, huh, this, this changes things, or this, uh, this is, this surprises me. Um, I would probably say it's one thing that's kind of stuck out. Of course, you look at just the 
the stat sheet and the amount of guys that have contributed and it's encouraging at least early on. But I think more than anything, it's just kind of their overall approach, uh, especially in the offensive zone. There's been a couple of times where they've been outshot in the period or they haven't had the same kind of formula in years past, where it's a lot of low to high peppering the net. Um, I think you're seeing it so far through at least a couple of games that they are definitely focusing more on quality over quantity in terms of their shot, uh, shot attempts in the offensive zone. It's leading to, high quality looks. And that's something that I think the Bruins are continuing to stress. I mean, when you even look at a situation like Jim Montgomery, where after that, that play in Washington, where Pasternak, you know, that shot gets blocked leads to a two on one from Washington. They score. That's one where, you know, you look at the moment in the game, possibly shifting and uh, being maybe too aggressive or too risky of a play. And afterwards Montgomery's like, no, we take that chance, you know, hundred out of hundred times. So I think for, Montgomery and kind of what he's preaching, you're starting to see a little bit more of it. Again, I don't think they're going to be fully bought in or fully executing what his overall vision is in terms of offensive zone scheme, how they approach the neutral zone, which is a little bit different. Um, Obviously the ability to get the D more involved offensively, like these aren't things that are going to just happen overnight or it's going to uh, fully fall in line, but uh, you're at least seeing them starting to buy into some of those principles and if as more guys get back healthy and more guys start executing that by the time we get to late November, early December, it'll be really fascinating to see where exactly this team is at as they, as we all kind of predict, kind of get past this kind of tough month or two of the season and kind of build towards what they're hoping for is a, a strong second half. This is going to sound obvious, but judging how they've been off two games, I'm fascinated to see this team at full strength. I'm fascinated because I think, as you said, the offensive side of this team, I think, is growing. They're getting to those high danger areas. Now, again, how much does that impact defensively? What do their goals against numbers look like at the end of the year? Can you win in the postseason like that? Like, I think it's a legitimate question. I know, again, early in the season, but can you beat the Lightning trying to kind of outscore them? Can you beat Toronto, for that matter, trying to outscore them? Like, you know, get to the point, can you beat Colorado like that? Like, there's an interesting case there where, you know, they're getting those high danger areas. Is it sustainable? Now we'll see this season, you know, they might, you know, be terrific throughout the course of the year, which we both project. And suddenly you're like, okay, this is like, it might, might be a new team in the postseason. Um, and again, I just look at, as I, I mentioned to you on poke the bear, uh, they were outshot against the capitals on, um, on uh, Thursday Wednesday. night. Now Wednesday, yeah. but I will say now, if they were outshot by the coyotes, that's not, not great. Yes. <laughs> that's not what you want. But when you're up against the capitals where it's kind of, even and you're gonna sack and, and you want the quality over quantity. Good, good. We said this on Poke the Bear. How many times throughout the course of the last two or three years were we sitting there like, oh, the Bruins outshot opponent X, you know, 41 to 26, and they lost three to two? Like, oh, terrific. So again, like this, I think is steps in the right direction. But again, as I said to you, I am fascinated by how this team looks um at full strength. Fortunately, though, I'll be able to follow all my Bruins action over Boston Sports Journal this year. What, are the, what can people look forward to over from you over at BSJ? Yeah, we're going to have you covered every step of the way as the schedule really starts to ramp up here. We'll have you covered with game reports, uh, reports from uh, from practices, video breakdowns, features, all that good stuff. Of course, these podcasts and more video online on Bruins Rinkside. So please follow along at all those stops. Bruins Ringside and, of course, BostonSportsJournal.com. Please subscribe over at BSJ. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93.
Oh, do all that for CLNS Media. I'm Evan Marinovsky, Brunswick listeners of Great Rest. Have a week. Thank you.